1: Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 330 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast, and your weekly report on all things Star Trek, recorded at Creation Entertainment's Star Trek Las Vegas convention, and available for download or streaming on Monday, August 14th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah.
2: And I'm Kenna.
1: All right, Kenna, we've got another massive show this week. Why don't you tell our listeners what they have to look forward to?
2: Well, that's right. By our estimates, we figure that most of you might still be digesting that monster of an episode that was 329. And just when you thought we were done, nope. This week, we bring you more coverage from STLV 2017. First, we trek out Star Trek Continues with Lisa Hansel, producer for the soon-to-be-completed fan series. In Star Trek Online news, we sat down with Community Manager Mike, Ambassador Kel Fadum, to discuss the current community and his ongoing endeavors to keep us happy. Then lead ship and UI artist Thomas the Cryptic Cat Maroney joins us to talk about ship designs and what it takes to produce never-before-seen playable ships. Later in greater Star Trek gaming news, we have two separate interviews with two mobile developers to talk about their Star Trek games. First is an interview with the devs from Disruptor Beam to talk about Star Trek timelines. Then an interview with Ralph Adam, producer for Pocket Starships. There's no feedback this week, but don't worry, Captains. We're keeping an eye on our social media channels, and hailing frequencies are always open.
1: Speaking about keeping hailing frequencies open... You know that we love to hear from you each and every week. So be sure to reach out to us via our social media platforms like Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Priority One Podcast. We're also on Twitter at Priority One Pod, or you can even send us an email to incoming at Priority One Podcast.com.
2: And a big thank you to all of our Patreon supporters who support the show from week to week. You guys helped us get to STLV and you help us keep on keeping on with this show. We also have a big thank you to Eagle Moss for sponsoring our table at the convention this year. Our patrons, of course, cover most of our expenses, but Eagle Moss helped put us over the top, so please go and uh, check out their website if you would.
1: Now, let's check out the latest news from Star Trek Continues with producer and makeup supervisor Lisa Hansel
2: Join, I don't know. Then let's trek it out.
1: Captains, we are back here in glorious Las Vegas celebrating Star Trek and joining us is producer and makeup supervisor for Star Trek Continues, Lisa Hansel. Thank you so very much for joining us.
0: Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about
1: it. Wonderful. Now, you see, Continues has had a long history now. It's been, it, we are now, how many years? Is it? Almost uh, over five, certainly.
0: Yes, actually, I came onto the project just before the first full episode. There mm-hmm. were a few vignettes out already, and that's been over five years. Yes, yes. When, since we first filmed our first episode, Pilgrim of Eternity, with Michael Forrest mm-hmm. reprising his role as Apollo.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, just to give a brief recap for listeners who uh who may not be familiar with star trek continues star trek continues is a fan-made production i think it's fair to say Mm -hmm. that literally continues the story of the enterprise at the end of season three from the original series
0: yes that's correct
1: so you have several actors playing the roles of kirk spock the, the the major players of the bridge um tell us about the journey you know since since you've been on board what has that journey been like for you
0: it's been surreal. I, I, would, I would say it's been a season of my life. <laughs> it really has been. Our production has wrapped, in that mi- meaning that everything is in the can. Right. Our final right. two episodes are in post-production right now, right. but it has been an amazing five years.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: The show is the brainchild of Vic Mignogna, who mm-hmm. plays Captain Kirk. Um, he, we have Todd Habercorn who's an, another prolific voice actor yep. playing the role of, of Spock. We have Chris Dewin, yep, the son of James Dewan, mm-hmm. playing his father's iconic role. Yep, And uh, Grant Imahara in the role of Sulu. We've had the incredible fortune to have guest stars such as Lou Ferrigno, mm-hmm. recently John DeLancey, and Lockhart, just on and on. Yes. It's amazing what kind of a magnet this yeah. show has been for yeah. unbelievable progress. I mean, we, we never could have imagined that it would be so well-received. Right,
1: right. Now, tell us a little bit about your background uh, as makeup supervisor. You know, we, obviously you have a bit of experience.
0: I've picked up a brush. <laughs> yes. <sometimes laughs> I certainly am. Hmm. Um, I've been a, a makeup artist, both beauty and effects makeup artist, in the Los Angeles area now for six years, but another six or seven before that. Actually started, I met my husband at this Las Vegas convention in 2005. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I was cosplaying to Paul oh, nice <laughs> from Enterprise, and I needed someone to put my ears on. And someone said, hey, there's this guy in the vendor's room. He's doing ears. Go check him out. And we met, got my ears done. I actually won the, contest, the costume contest that oh, year. Wow. Yay! And, um, yeah, we've been married now for about 10 years, and it's a wild ride <laughs> what an d-
2: amazing story yeah yes. we do a lot of aliens that's that's okay. the favorite yeah. thing to do yeah. of course yeah well I know that you've been you've been doing um, makeup here for people as well you just said that you've been you've spent all day doing other people's makeup
0: yes this is actually the first opportunity I've had to be down here in Convention room. Central mm-hmm. and I haven't even walked around the <laughs> vendors' room yet I yeah. just came straight here to see you guys um, yeah, we have because we have been coming to this convention since then, since 2005. We have a clientele built up that every year they contact mm-hmm. us and they're like, "I want." This morning we did a Klingon Borg first a cl- thing. Wow, really a Klingon on Borg. Yes. Wow, with LEDs uh, coming out of the eyepiece and oh everything. Oh my gosh. Was so much fun. Wow. So much fun. But yeah, that's what we do all day mm-hmm. in general. And then at night we get to play with our our Trek family that we see once a year every yeah. every time we come here. Oh, that's, that's brilliant. Yeah.
1: So, continues has wrapped up. Like you said, there the, the it has the shows are in the can. It must be surreal, bittersweet.
0: It is. It is. In one way, it's a relief uh, right. because yeah. it's it's mostly volunteer. For mm-hmm. there are people that come from all over the country and other countries that get together in the small town in, in southern Georgia to whenever the southern Georgia weather permits. Right, <laughs> we would get, we would get right. together and and make these amazing episodes. But it has, you know, it takes a toll. I mean, that you don't get vacation, you don't go to family reunions. We've created our own family. This is our reunion. But that's a that's a huge commitment from anybody. Five years of their life. Sorry, no vacation for you. We're gonna go make some Star Trek. Yeah. But I wouldn't trade it for the world. It's been one of the most amazing experiences of my life.
1: Wonderful, wonderful. How is the rest of the cast
0: feeling? I would say. Across the board, everyone echoes my sentiment mm-hmm. that it is bit, it, like you said, yeah. it is bittersweet. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. we, we're not going to be going to our space camp anymore. We call it space camp. Space Let's go camp. Play. Right. Right. Um, and play. But, we, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us live in the, the Los Angeles area, and we get together at least once a month. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we, we do see each other. But our extended family that is spread out, as, as I said, all over the country, we don't get to see them as often. And that's bittersweet for yeah, sure. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's really emotional because yeah. because we are volunteers. All of it is emotion. Everything. The yep. whole reason we're doing it is emotional. Yeah, you're and preaching to it. the choir. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's hard, but we're just, right. you know, next thing. We're, work, we're yeah. working on some other things. Oh, good. Yeah, good. What, so is, together. what is the next thing? What's the next step for you or for the rest of the I'm cast? actually producing a short film called mm-hmm. When the Train Stops, okay. and Vic Mignogna is in it. Okay. Also, Michael Forrest, John Delancey, Kipley Brown, James yep. Kerwin, who's uh, directed probably eight of our episodes, mm-hmm. is directing this short film. Nice. So there are little little projects that some of us are working on none yes. of them are big enough to warrant everybody coming back together yeah yet but that's how it that's how it is in the in the entertainment industry that you work with the people you know yeah you you know you have a tried and true formula of these people that come together and do great work yeah so why would you look us as- elsewhere yeah <laughs> of course we're going to pick from that pool whenever we have a project yeah.
1: what has the fan reception been like especially now that there are only two episodes left.
0: It's been overwhelmingly wonderful. Our ninth episode, What Ships Are For, came out a week ago today, actually. The public release was a week ago today. That was and at
2: Florida Supercon, wasn't it? It was. Yeah, it I, was. It's, it's half in my backyard. It's, it's a few hours' drive, but I, 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 was, I was kind of heartbroken that I couldn't go and see that because oh. it was great to see that there's like, new Trek content coming out and premiering there. So. Yes, yeah. and we
0: were actually able to bring our command well the captain's chair and the navigation oh, yes. console wow. yeah. nice. to Florida nice. Supercon. Yeah. Um, a huge backdrop was created from pictures pieced together yeah. of, of the, the all of the bridge stations mm-hmm. in the background, and people were able to get their photo taken with Vic and Michelle. And that's and right. Yes, you, you were doing free yeah. photo ops
2: with it. That's, yeah. that's brilliant. It's brilliant, especially to see that going to a sort of a generic con, not just a Star Trek convention, and having the interest drummed up there. Yes,
0: absolutely. Yeah. As I said, Vic is a is a an, an anime yeah, uh, voice artist. <laughs> yeah, and he, he he goes to conventions all over the world mm-hmm. pretty much every weekend and what he's doing is he's drawing in a new audience. Yeah. You know, the the young 12, 13, 14-year-olds are now watching Star Trek yep. because of Star Trek continues. Yep. They're sitting down with their parents, yep. and enjoying new Star Trek content and they're able to make a connection with one another in that way. Yeah. That I, I handle all of the email that mm-hmm. comes for Star Trek right. Continues, and I, I oversee the social media. So I am kind of the funnel yeah. right. for the fans Gosh. myself. Yeah. Yes. That's and a big job, I man. do. I see all of the comments and yeah. all of the emails, and those are the emails that just make me squee. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I forward them on to Vic and go, look what you're doing. See what we're doing. Right. Yeah.
1: You know, it's 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 interesting because um, when you Film and something like a podcast is so much different than live theater because with live theater, the audience reaction is there and in the moment, right? You yes. don't see that in, on film or behind a microphone. So the only way that you get that feedback is through those letters or a convention like this where you can engage with the listener. And it just it, – it's um, – it's a marvelous experience, right? Is it
4: That's just, so
0: true. Yeah. Every time we release an episode, we mm. have no idea right. how it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. how it's going to be received. I mean, by the time the public sees it, we have seen it four hundred times right, because right. we're we're just pouring over every detail and excruciating, excruciating, painstaking. You know, it's it's such a labor of love for all of us. Right. But by the time the public sees it, we're I wouldn't say sick of it, but, for example, I do the closed captioning. Mm-hmm. As well. I wear a few hats, obviously. Right. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, I can literally recite yes. every oh episode by wow. the time they come out. And we, it, we have no
2: idea. Are they going to yeah. hate it? Are they going to love it? Yeah. You're so close to it that you, you can't step exactly. back from it anymore. Right. So right. Exactly. You right. have yes. to put it just out on a bit of faith. Too attached. Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So uh, can you give us a little recap of where we are in the story? So you said that the, the ninth episode has just premiered, and it's more episodic, isn't it? Yeah. Um, Yes. Yeah, it's an episodic type of show. So can you bring us up to speed on on where we're at in the series?
0: Sure. Um, The goal of the series has always been to complete the original five-year mission. Pretty much, by the end of the third season of TOS, that was four years. Because between the the cage and the first and second episode, there was a year difference. So a year is Mm -hmm. what we're covering. And um, our mission is to bring our characters to where we will find them in the motion picture. So there has been something of a... Oh, um, I hope I hope I'm not spoiling. Um, there's been a little bit of a story arc that will come to light by our eleventh episode. Will be our final episode. That is is there's a thread yeah. coming through that will make sense
2: yeah, well, by was, the eleventh episode. that was going to be my question. So, because you mentioned that you've 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 wrapped production now, so yes. this, the story is laid down on film, and you're you're, you're it in post production at the moment. Mm-hmm. And are are we going to see an epic conclusion or? Um, touchstones where where it'll be a familiar ending that people are looking forward to
0: it it will be in the sense that we it will make sense Mm. now where why did captain kirk accept a desk job yeah you know why did did mccoy quit starfleet altogether why did spock have to go back to vulcan yeah and undergo the colonar we we will find out what happened all of those could. questions that have been burning for 50 years yeah. are, are going to be answered in our series. And that, that was our, always our goal. And we're just so glad that we, we were able to accomplish it.
1: That's great. And, and you know, being that the, the shows are more episodic and not serialized, that's nice how you're still finding a way to, to tie it up those loose, those loose ends.
0: Yes, yes. Uh, in the original series of Star Trek... It weren't weren't serialized as you know they, every, everything was standalone there mm-hmm. are, we do have a lot of callbacks for example our third episode fairest of them all is a re, a, and a continuation of mirror mirror like the second that the old the our heroes beam away yep the evil heroes beam in and right. we see what happens in the Terran Empire after you know all of that happens. So we have, for example, Lolani is a standalone episode. Mm-hmm. What Ships Are For is a standalone episode. So we have carried the spirit of TOS in that way, but in order to complete our mission, we've had to mm-hmm. weave a thread that's right. a little bit right. through it. A little, it's, more it's,
1: than, a little more than touchstoning. Yeah. And, and yeah, that's, that's great. That's really yeah. yeah.
0: Hopefully it's not, it's not really evident yet. But by episode 11, you'll go, oh, that's what they meant in episode 8. <laughs> okay.
2: Gotcha. Good, good, good. So when can we expect to see the next two? So I, I know you've only just released the ninth episode, so I'm, <laughs> not, I'm not like desperate you know, for the next one. But um, you know, roughly speaking, when, uh, when will fans be able to view the entire uh, series in, its, and in how. its entirety? And how. And how. Yes.
0: Um, episode 10 will be available to the public in mid-October. Mm-hmm. I want to say, I don't have the dates in front of me, but it's like 13th, yeah. 15th, 18th, something like that. And then in Nove- just a month later, oh, okay. we're going to get episode 11 oh, and oh. episodes 10 and 11 are a two part finale. Okay. It's okay. The, the, the title is To Boldly Go, yeah. parts one and two, written by Rob Sawyer. Nice. Amazing, nice. amazing, highly critically acclaimed, award-winning author. Mm-hmm. We're so, so fortunate to have him aboard. Yeah. Yeah. So October and November. Good. Look for oh, it. That's It'll soon,
2: by the end of the year. Yes. yes. And, and where can people watch this? Because if, they have, if they're if they not already caught up or if they want to leave it until November and then binge the whole thing, where, where would they go to do that?
0: All of our episodes are available to view for free online at our website, StarTrekContinues.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also have a Vimeo channel and a YouTube channel. Okay. Just search Star Trek Continues and okay. they will all come up and yeah binge watching that's a thing pop some popcorn and watch some star trek yes exactly are
1: you doing any celebrations for the last episode like viewing parties for the public
0: we don't necessarily have a viewing party we're really just hunkered down and getting because we're putting them out so quickly these last few yeah we're we're just focusing on post-production right now and it's a whirlwind we're we're (laughs) We're underwater yeah. mm-hmm. with how many details that we're, we're having to do, but that certainly could be in the
2: works. And you mentioned that you do a lot of the social media aspects. Uh, where, where can some fans follow you on social media, either on Facebook or Twitter? On Facebook, where
0: mm-hmm. uh, Star Trek continues okay. on Facebook. Uh, We also have a, there's a a fan page and also a group. Okay. Star Trek Continues official group. On Twitter, we are at Trek Continues. Also on Instagram, at Trek Continues. So please give us a follow. Instagram as well. (laughs) So, are, is there any last comments you'd like to a, a final goodbye, so to speak, <laughs> as things wrap up? Thank you both for having me on the show. I really appreciate oh, our it. Pleasure. Love your podcast. We oh, follow thank you guys. Very much. Yeah, oh, really? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, are you sure it's we us? Do. No, get out of here. No, it's, oh. <laughs> it's all you. It's That's all you. <laughs> Thank you well, so thank much you. for for giving me the chance to to come on and and share the love, share yeah.
2: the share the trekness. It's been cool, and I'm really <laughs> pleased to have met you because I've been admiring your work on the, some of the people that we know, uh, you know, throughout throughout the convention. I've seen some stellar ears. Oh, um, thank and you. It's been highly recommended. So thank yeah, you. That's the best part you. of my job, I
0: think, is when someone gets up out of the chair, looks in the mirror, yeah. and goes,
2: "Oh my God,
0: what is? <laughs> yes. That? yes, yes, yeah. Yeah. yes."
1: I've been thinking about getting a prosthetic done.
0: (laughs) I guess Hmm. I'll call you. I might know somebody. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Thank Thank you. Thank you.
2: Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message. I'm only in the mood for good news today. Well, Captains, welcome once again to Star Trek Online News. This week, we share with you two interviews from STLV 2017. First is our chat with STO's community manager, Mike Ambassador Kel Fatum, where we discuss his plans for the community. Then we talk ships and design with lead ship and UI artist, Thomas the cryptic cat Moroni. Enjoy.
1: Captains, we are here in Star Trek Las Vegas. It is the last day and no, so no. much has happened. I know, I know, I know. We're almost done here. but. We still have time for a few more interviews, and joining us is Star Trek Online's community manager, Mike Fadem. Hello, everyone. What's
4: up, man? So, uh, is this your first TrekCon? This is not my first TrekCon. It is my first
1: STLV. Okay, all right. I, so, uh, how, how do you feel? Uh,
4: it's it's great. It's really really great. It's um uh, it's a wonderful convention. Um, the thing that I always love about Star Trek cons, uh, especially going to panels, is you can see how much the actors take care of their fans. Like, you know, you yeah. can go... If you go to, like, sometimes, like, San Diego Comic-Con or something like that where actors aren't really prepared for the kind of questions they're going to get, they uh, they can, you know, get be awkward about things or roll their eyes and stuff. They, these guys have been doing it for so long that they're just totally focused on everybody they're talking to and, like, just in the zone and it's yeah. and taking care of people. And it's one of the things I really love about
1: it. So let's talk a little bit about uh, the, the big panel that was on, sure. uh, on Thursday. And uh, how has the community been receiving it?
4: So far it's been uh, relentlessly positive. There's been um, a lot, a lot of uh, positive feedback over the fact that uh, LeVar Burton is joining the game. Uh, we, we got covered on Nerdist, which is uh, mm-hmm. very surprising and wonderful. Um, and I'm getting tons and tons of tweets about it. People are really, really excited to see him in, which I am too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't wait till he comes for the voice session, or I go to him for the voice session if we're doing the interview. <laughs> and uh, you know, people seem excited about um, the little teaser we did for uh, next summer. And they seem really excited about the fleet holding. Uh, and the scant is very, very popular. A lot yeah. of people want to be wearing a man skirt. Yeah. Which I, I, yeah. I think um, what I'm going to do when we actually put that out is uh, see if I can do a quote unquote cosplay get together in game where we go somewhere like uh, Drozana or uh, Ryza and have as many people in scants as we can in one photo because that'd be fun.
1: Nice. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. So you've been in the position now, what, a year or six months? Um,
4: let's see. It's August now, so November was when I started, so 12 minus, what, three?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so know, nine yeah. months.
4: So nine I, months. I, I have birthed the Star Trek
1: Online baby at this point. Not yet. Yes, you have. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, now this is, like you mentioned earlier, this is your first uh, Vegas con. Yeah. How, how do you feel? How do you feel you know, nine I, months later?
4: It's been a really, really amazing experience. Um, I haven't really gotten to work officially in the capacity of uh, managing a nerd or geek community before, um, or interacting with as as great of a community as our fans are. And uh, it's... The general overall feeling of the Star Trek Online fan- fandom, because it's Star Trek, I think, is just yep. relentlessly positive. I love yep. all the people that I've met, run into. Even if people come by the booth with like constructive criticism or come by the forums, Like, it's still you can tell it's because they really, really care about the game and they really, really want the game to improve in certain ways. And it's, it's, it's a really, really lovely community and I've loved the last year getting to interact with them. And the people at Cryptic Studios are the best company I've worked with. And that sounds like hyperbole because I'm, you know, in a paid position right now, but it's they really are one of if not the most Loving and supportive groups of people that I've ever had the chance to work with professionally. It's it's fantastic
1: So now you're going to be celebrating your year Uh, What what do you have planned for the community in terms of engagement uh, moving? You know coming into the next year
4: well as you can see we've been building up over the past year You know we've we've gone from no streams to monthly streams to weekly streams. We have started doing more and more on Twitter We've been doing more giveaways I am trying my best to get on the forums and the subreddit and interact with the fans as much as possible. Pass on all their ideas. A lot of my time on my actual job is spent on uh, either, you know, like making sure bug reports get to the right place or working on quote-unquote marketing things, like getting blogs and screenshots ready and things of that nature. So that's that's a lot of my time. I want to try and get more things going. I've just been talking to one of my uh, fellow STO crew members who I won't name it right now because I don't want to give it away, but you'll probably figure it out if you think about it, um, about possibility of doing um, some more like in-depth uh, things with the devs um, later on, which could be really, really fascinating. Um, so it's just, I think it's... That there is, because of the very nature of video games, this gap between, you know, the players and the devs, uh, and I am the bridge over that gap, and I feel like we've been shortening the gap over the past nine months, mm-hmm. and I want to just keep that going until everybody understands each other really well.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, try not to put priority one out of a job, shall you? <laughs> yeah, that'd, be, that'd be great.
4: Please.
2: That'd be nice. <laughs>
4: we love you guys. You guys still get your interviews. Don't worry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> now, um, one of the great things when uh, when you started at your position was the fact that the community management position moved from Perfect World down to Cryptic Studios. So you're in-house now. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you're physically much closer to the devs. And that was seen as generally being a positive thing. <laughs> it super was. How has the, the feedback been? from fans of the game and in the forums and the community in general is there a general feeling that you know you're your you're closer and therefore you're you're doing a more effective job than you were when when that position was remote?
4: I hope so. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, I've heard people, I have heard people say that to me. Um, Mm -hmm. I will say Trendy did the best she did with, she could with Mm -hmm. what she had, which was being 30 minutes away. Um, You know, if she, if something came her way, she had to send an email, wait for somebody to respond. I can march into Rakosa's office and be like, hey, have you heard about this? Um, Which is just very different. Um, I, so I have heard feedback that people like how it's going now I have heard feedback that it's been a more positive experience I don't want to toot my own horn and be like yes now yes. that I've arrived community is perfect but yeah. you know well no um, it's never going to be yeah let's, it's let's, true. let's, let's yeah, put that it's out true a it's good true. community
2: manager just kind of more or less controls the chaos more <laughs> exactly. or less exactly so yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't yet talked about your guys's epic performance. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> but, uh, and I feel I feel as though we need to share this uh, with our listeners. We don't maybe necessarily need to recreate it right here at the table. Although I mean, how we awesome could. would that we be? Could. But uh, yes, Klingon karaoke, <laughs> Elijah and Ambassador Kel locked in. Confrontation. Glorious combat. <laughs>
1: Glorious confrontation. Yes. There was...
2: Uh, we will have to uh, make sure we link to this video yeah. because there was there was stage fighting. There <laughs> it's was, on my
4: Twitter if you want to find there it. There was
2: sing fighting. I, I yes. didn't
4: feel like I could post it on the official STO Twitter, but it's on Ambassador Cal. I um, The story behind that, if you don't know this, is... Um, uh, one of the um, emails that Elijah sent me a while back, he like you, like, signed it 24601 or something like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, it was
2: because of that uh, that featured episode, Survivor. There right. was that little yes, nod yes. And so I, that's right. And
4: so I there. wrote back something like, oh, hey, you're a Les Mis fan. That's cool. And he sends me a video of him singing Javert. And so I sent him a video of me singing Valjean because <laughs> we both played those parts at different productions. And then, and then I was like, you realize what this means, right? Is there karaoke at STLV? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, and we
1: did it. And we, we did it. They didn't did even it. have the
4: song. We had no. to put it up on our phone. Phones, yep. which if you watch the video you'll notice both of us get off it several times cuz yes. we couldn't hear the freaking music right yeah. <laughs>
0: right right
1: right right and it started he uh, you heard it and it was already like 3 seconds yeah. in and it was yeah just, oh it starts to Lame Leigh-
4: is hard enough to follow. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah.
1: But it was uh, it, it, it was, was an honor and a privilege to battle with you yes. on the stage. Sir. Kaplas, Kaplas.
4: Um sir. <laughs> have I don't know about you. I've been getting compliments in the hallways all weekend after that. Yes, so. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 yeah. It's been good. It's been yeah. good. Okay.
2: And now I'm, I, I'm sorry, Elijah, that I interrupted you. Now you can do that whole wrap-up all thing that you do so well. then.
1: <laughs> so, Mike, thank
4: you so again.
2: So there's
1: one time oh. I was interrupting Elijah and- <laughs> No, seriously, thank you for stopping by, man. You know, it's been uh, a great journey over the last seven years. You've been wonderful to work with now, and uh, keep it up, man. Thanks. It's been fantastic. I I really appreciate that, and thanks, you guys, for doing such a
4: good job of putting on the show. We love Priority One. I won't put you out of a job. I promise. (laughs) Maybe. No,
1: I'm just kidding. (laughs) uh, you know what? Here's the thing. You'll never have a bird lined on your desk.
4: That's true. But but you did. <laughs> you I, I did. don't know if you saw. We put out a Twitter contest to name the bird. Okay. I haven't named the winner yet. But the no. uh, the na- the I think the top the top ones were uh, Admiral Bird, obviously. Um, <laughs> nice. Somebody was like, just why don't you just name it Roddenberry? And I'm like, oh, that makes perfect sense. Why right. didn't we think of that? Yeah, yeah so well, we'll announce the winner of that eventually.
1: The great bird of the convention. The great,
4: great bird of the desk. Yes, the great did you bird you feel, of the desk. Did you feel very Bernie Sanders in that moment? I, I felt, totally felt I was. I
1: felt more Bernie Sanders than I did a Disney princess. <laughs> Thanks, Rikosa. But uh, it was
4: You are our singing Disney princess. Nice, so. nice. N- now you have to go up, uh, go up to the next karaoke and be like, little town, yeah. such a quiet <laughs> village.
1: <laughs> Seriously, thank you so much, Mike. We look forward to what's coming up on uh, the next year.
4: Yeah, we'll see you guys soon. See you soon.
1: Victory's life. Captains, we are back here again in Star Trek Las Vegas, and joining me right now is Thomas, the cryptic cat, who is handling all the beautiful ships in Star Trek Online. I handle about a third of them. Oh, we, a have, third. we have three ship artists on the team,
5: and I'm one of them. I'm the my official title is ship and UI art lead for Star Trek Online. So I'm the lead ship artist, and then I also oversee. Kind of what our UI artist does on the game.
1: Nice, nice. So talk to us a little bit about, um, first of all, congratulations on your panel. Thank you. For people who weren't able to attend, give a little recap of of what that was like.
5: So the panel wasn't really as much about the game as it was about my particular journey as a Star Trek fan. How did I go from being a fan uh, to actually working on a Star Trek property like Star Trek Online? So, um, you're, you know, a lot of your listeners are probably really familiar with that story already. But, um, you know, how I played the game and I made some art for the game and eventually got hired to work on the UI for the game. And, and you know, now I'm uh, on the ships.
1: Nice, nice, nice. Now, um, you know, people have been, like, Rokosa teased that it is highly likely that Discovery things will, will move in some way into Star Trek Online. So, and my question is not about what's coming, but more. Is this the first time you've been up close and personal with things like, with props from something like Star Trek Discovery? Yeah. Specifically Star Trek Discovery. Yeah, yeah, it
5: actually is. I didn't go to, they had this stuff up at Comic-Con, and I didn't make it down there for that. So this is the first time I've seen uh, any of that stuff, really. I mean, you know, in general, when uh, CBS shares assets and information with us, it's all digital. It's all through email or Dropbox or, you know, whatever. So, um, so we, ha- we get great digital assets from them, but we don't, actually, they don't bring anything for us to look at, you know, in person. And, uh, you know, also I think the actual ship models for Discovery are all, are all digital too, so there's nothing to look at in person there, unfortunately. But uh,
1: When you go to an exhibit like this as an artist who works on, who works on a Star Trek IP, how does that influence you moving forward?
5: Well, I mean, uh, there's so much detail in some of this Discovery stuff, it makes me a little nervous. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the Klingon stuff is, uh, there's so many little ribs and um, bumps and ridges, and it's just a very, very... uh, Etching. Yeah, etching, yeah. It's intense, um, and I'm glad I'm not a character artist, because they're going (laughs) to, you know, if we ever do any of that Klingon stuff for Discovery, they're going to have their work cut out for them. You know, we have tricks of our own to kind of help with that sort of stuff, but... Uh, it's pretty incredible, like the level of detail. But it's inspiring to, to think that, like, you know, we might get to make stuff that's new right. to the to the franchise, and and you know how or whatever form it takes, whenever that is. Um, it's uh, it's it's quite an opportunity to be working on Star Trek at the same time that new canon Star Trek is is coming out.
1: Right. We we mentioned briefly about ships, uh, the Discovery ships. They they don't have any models out. Uh, there are no physical models, but they did have posters of of concept designs and things like that. They had a Raider and a few of the other main Klingon ships. Did they have a Bird of Prey. They had a Bird of Prey, right? Um,
5: I don't remember seeing. I mean, I a think larger. We, there was a larger ship. Yeah, I don't there know were what it was named. there were Klingon ships there. I was looking mostly at like the Shenzhou and the Discovery. Right. I will say it looks like Eagle Moss is going to do like a Discovery collection, mm-hmm. so you know we might have to get in on that and take a good look at uh, the ships from those. The the Eagle Moss. Uh, ship collection, that stuff is really cool because not only do they have great models, but the, the magazines that come with them are really informative. Right. And I've actually used those quite a bit in my, uh, uh, in my own research for when I'm doing ships. Is right. I'll look at the, the Eagle Moss uh, magazines, too.
1: So, we've gone through a lot of canon ships in Star Trek Online now. Um, mm-hmm. When you are designing new ships, mm-hmm. I know that you are an avid sci-fi fan. Yeah, From uh, not only just of Star Trek, you know, Battlestar Galactica, you name it. Where are you drawing inspiration to create new ships that are supposed to feel Federation and, but yet aren't because they've never been seen in canon before?
5: It's, it's getting to be a real challenge because there is a, a very, very fraught balance between making something that's new and is exciting but is also uh, feels authentic you know, we're working on some ships now that uh, there's a lot of back and forth about what exactly what makes this design special, what makes it unique versus, you know, do, is this, does this feel right for Starfleet? And um, uh, I like to look at a lot of, I mean, like all the ex- pre-existing Star Trek ships aside, I like to look at a lot of uh, like marine mammals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good, um, a good place to start for ships because they're very sleek. They're sleek, but they also have, you know, some some proportions and some indents and things that imply a function, right? Sometimes, hilariously, it'll come up to, uh, you know, we're not sure what we're doing with the new ship. And then somebody remembers, oh, hey, we had a bunch of concepts we didn't use back when we made these other ships. Let's look at those again. And then we find something that, mm. that didn't work then, but it does work now, you know. But, yeah, it's all over the place. Uh, animals and, of course, other science fiction i like to look at real spaceships or real navy ships and see from just purely from a functional standpoint what could inform you know what we're doing um nice. so hopefully
1: that answers the question yes as, yes, yes. Yeah. now hector ortiz is your concept artist how much back and forth do you have with him does he start with a design and then shows it to you or do you present a concept to him and then he goes right so hector's
5: job is is um Probably one of the most important jobs on the team in terms of you know the the um, that 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 phrase "measure twice, cut once." Yes, yeah. Um, that that also applies to art, <laughs> right. in the sense of if you know if we're a ship artist and we're somebody's just like, okay, make me a ship, make me a an escort, go, right? You can waste a lot of time trying to make a 3D model, and then if it turns out that you don't like the way it looks then you have to start over or scrap it or adjust it or whatever. And so Hector's job is to measure twice in the sense of he's the one who starts with a blank piece of paper and um, draws a bunch of sketches. And then not just me, but uh, the other ship artists and usually Rikosa, the executive producer is in on it, the lead designer, systems designer, a lot of people get in the room because ships are really important to us uh, as a game. And uh, we'll look at all these like little thumbnail sketches and say we like that, we like that, we like that. Um, and then he'll go away again and do another round, and we'll do that two or three times where we're just kind of honing in on what we actually want. And then from there, uh, once we lock in on what that is, he'll come, he'll go away again, come back with the final concepts that's really polished and drawn out in three-quarter view. Maybe he's done like a top view and a side view. And so he's the one who actually like. For, for most of our ships, he's the one who's actually designed the ship. Like, he's actually taken it from the blank piece of paper to a, like, this is what it should look like. And then uh, our job as ship artists is to take that design and create it in a 3D model. Because Hector's made the drawing, right. but then we have to actually, like, make it into a 3D thing you can fly around in the game.
1: So of the things that are published in the game right now, mm-hmm. what are you most excited about? What, are you, what, what work currently are you most proud of? Um,
5: I mean, I just finished redoing the uh, motion picture era constitution, the constitution refit. Um, I'm really pleased with how that came out. I'm pleased with all of the ancillary stuff I did around that release, like the the pilot, you know, the Where No Man Has Gone Before, parts for the um, the original series enterprise. Um, I did a lot of extra work. Donnie Versace, our, one of our um, newer environment artists, he made the Reliant. Uh, the excuse me the Miranda revamp and uh, after he did that I was able to go in and make like the the Soyuz variant and some of these other really kind of niche things but people have been asking for it for a very long time so all of that stuff I sort of did in the same the same bushel of work (laughs) Um, you know uh, lots of nights and weekends but I'm really proud of how all that came out that whole motion picture era a smorgasbord of yeah. ships, yeah. including the new Kobayashi Maru. Um, and that was something, that's that's a design original to STO, but it's based on the Kelvin timeline version of the ship. Oh, okay. So, awesome. yeah, that's been my most recent accomplishment, and I'm really pleased with how it all came together.
1: Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. you. Uh, anything you're working on that you've been allowed to say that's uh, coming? I don't think so.
5: We're doing some really cool stuff. You know, I think for well, for... The next month or so, I think ships is going to be overshadowed by Geordie and the uh, TNG interiors, which are just fantastic. I'm really excited uh, about all that. Before anyone asks, I'm not going to redo the Galaxy. I redid the Galaxy two years ago, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the outside of it. So it's, I think it's, I think it's, uh, it looks pretty good. Okay. Um. You. Know, but. Uh. But the new interiors are pretty phenomenal. Yes, so I'm excited for you guys to see that stuff. So. Gorgeous. Gorgeous.
1: Well, Thomas, thank you so much for stopping by. Is there anything else that we didn't touch on that you'd like to talk about? Um,
5: just, uh, thanks, everybody, for playing the game. Uh, it was great to be here in Las Vegas. Once again, this was my seventh Star Trek Las Vegas, and you know I'm sure we will be here next year, too. So live long and prosper. Thanks, Thomas.
2: That's it for this week's Star Trek Online news. Now we transport over to the mobile devices with interviews with Star Trek Timelines, followed by Pocket Starships. Well, Captains, we are coming at you again from the floor at Star Trek Las Vegas 2017. And we have with us uh, two of the developers from Disruptor Beam who put out Star Trek Timelines. And we've got Alex Engel and Paul Siegel. And would you guys please just introduce yourselves and explain to our listeners what exactly that you do within the team?
6: Sure. So uh, I'm the Ferengi on the team. This is Alex Engel. Uh, (laughs) My my job as product manager is to make sure that uh, everyone else doesn't have to worry about making money. So that's that's my job. But in, in reality, what my job really is is product manager means I do a lot of work with experimentation, data analysis, database mm-hmm. work, and uh, prioritization of work on the team.
3: Okay. Uh, I'm Paul Siegel, I'm the lead engineer for Star Trek Timelines. Um uh, I guess I'm the Geordie LaForge of, like the, of the of the of the team. Nice. It's a good choice. I, uh, nice. yeah. Yeah, well, I would have gone with Scotty, but I don't feel like he ever really had a team that he was directing very often. And you're not you're not drunk enough. And I'm not. And I'm not yeah. Well, most of the
6: time we are in Vegas. <laughs> most of the time in Vegas. In Vegas, you're a Scotty. <laughs> Back home, you're a LaForge. I like it. That's
3: good. I That's good.
2: That's, uh, so you can you can flip between those two roles. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. So, so you guys have actually had a pretty good presence here, and I know that you've done at least one panel, which was uh, that was yesterday morning. Yep. Uh, can you just give us a little rundown? What was the big news that you had at your panel?
6: Yeah, so the big news was obviously Star Trek Discovery. So mm-hmm. that's what we're here for. That's what we're really excited about. Working alongside CBS, uh, we've been itching to go at Star Trek Discovery the minute it was announced. Right. Um, of course, when we, when we started working on Star Trek Timelines, we were excited about the movies. Mm-hmm. And we always hoped that there would be another TV series while we still had our game on the air. But it was, it was by no means um, by no means certain. So when we heard about Star Trek Discovery, we immediately talked to CBS. Uh, We were lucky enough to be one of their first partners to work with Star Trek Discovery. So we've been announcing that we're going to have three uh, of the crew. So we're going to have Michael Burnham, Commander uh, Captain Trogeot and uh, Lieutenant Saru coming to the game. And then, of course, tons of the awesome Klingons like Torchbearer and things like yeah. that. Uh, we want to get Except. them in the game as well. And then all the Star Trek ships. The Alex, uh, ships.
3: Th- those three crew
6: and behold, which one are you taking? Lieutenant Saru. I need to know when death is on its way, man. I need to know. <laughs> I gotta know. I mean, I love Michelle Yeoh. She's fantastic. Yeah. Um, you know, Michael Burnham. I'm really excited to see what that character brings. Yes. Um And... Uh, Especially because she—it sounds like she's been raised by Vulcans, and yeah. you know is is, is trying to, to square that with her um, human heritage. But yeah, I mean, it, I always—I'm a sucker for a cool for a cool alien.
3: Yeah. That's go. What about yeah. you? I gotta go, Captain Giorgio. Yeah. I just that's, that's Michelle Yeoh. I've loved her since uh, Jackie Chan days. Yep. She's, she's <laughs> awesome. Yep, yep. That's awesome. <laughs> Absolutely.
2: And now, are these going to be characters that you can just you can just accumulate in the normal way in the game, or are they going to be uh, only available through special events? I
6: think it's going to be a combination of the two. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to have some of the higher rarity characters in as, as events uh, event crew. I think one of the things that we'd love to do is continue following our trend of mega events where that highest rarity crew are actually available and achievable by, uh, by you just by playing the event. And so I think that well, it is highly likely that there may be a discovery mega event in the future, mm-hmm. um, or at least some discovery related content and events coming alongside the launch of the show. Uh, but I'd also like people to be able to get, you know, lower rarity versions of Discovery crew early. Especially if you're a new Star Trek fan, you want to find those Discovery crew as soon as you get in the game. Yeah, and, really cool. and
3: those, those three crew that we listed obviously are just the start. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, those are the crew that, that we all got to see in the trailers, and so uh, I think people will recognize them. But um, we're super excited to be watching the episodes as they come out along with everyone else and uh, including
6: as much as we can into the game as quickly as we can. Yeah.
2: How much of a how much of a preview do you guys get?
6: So I've been uh, that that's been a common question in the interviews uh, <laughs> that I've done so far here. Uh, I I guess what I can really say is we work hand in hand very closely with CBS right. and they have uh, uh, an interest in us releasing as much Discovery related content around the launch of their series right. as we can. Okay, um, that's about as much as I can say. I can't if we did receive uh, beforehand stuff. I'm not sure we could talk that much about it. Mm -hmm. But I will say that when we worked on Game of Thrones Ascent, one of the things that, when I worked on it, still running, uh, but our our Game of Thrones game, one of the things we loved doing is working hand-in-hand with HBO or an episode would air, Mm -hmm. and the next day content would be released relating to that episode. Um, That's that's something that I would love to see, discovery-related content released very soon after it comes out. Um,
2: yeah. on TV so uh, both uh, Jarrah and I we both play Star Trek Timelines and we play with very very different experiences Jarrah plays on iOS I play on the PC on Steam when I can get the Windows to behave you know whatever whatever <laughs> yep, yep. um Talk to me about how the Steam launch has gone because it's still very recent that it's gone uh, fully live. Yep. yep. Uh, has it performed as well as you expected? What's been the response from players? Why don't you tackle it's, this? It's, it's been
3: pretty good. Um, uh, I, my question for you guys are: Are you on a fleet together?
2: Uh, I am not. Oh, no. no. I ten- should be. We should Maybe. be. Yeah. I tend. I. Elijah will tell you. I tend to play by myself. I tend to play um, in my own little. Mental Star Trek universe, sure. but that's just my play style. So no, I am not in a fleet. But mm. you guys have a fleet. Yeah,
7: uh, women at warp. We have the women at warp fleet, and uh, we have uh, some of these squadrons are USS Beyonce and USS Solange, that's and great. we're that's we're great. willing Aren't to ex- expand to mm. more that's icons. That's awesome uh, for women. So yeah,
3: yeah. I mean, one of the. I think, huge wins really for Steam is that ability to switch back and forth. You know, we're also, we're also on Facebook, you can play that way, you can play on your Android, on your iOS. Um. I personally jump back and forth all the time between device and 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 uh, Windows and yeah. I think Steam Steam has been doing very well and we're, we're we're pretty happy with it. It was it was a, a highly requested thing
6: from our fans and we were happy to deliver it. Yeah, I'm pretty confident that it's doing very well, better than we anticipated actually.
1: Now with it being on Steam and all these multiple platforms, one account to rule them all, and you switch between them and you still play yeah. where you pick up and left off.
6: Yeah, yeah. I mean that's like. For me, when I started my career in the game industry about 12 years ago, um, I've only ever really worked in online games. So I started on mm-hmm. EVE Online when I first kicked off um, working in video games. And like ever since then, the concept of one unified account is just really important because yeah. I don't like playing on the same device all the time. Because if I'm just on my, my laptop, uh, I want to be able to easily log in. I don't want to have to dig out my phone or my iPad. So one account to rule them all, definitely. Yep.
3: I mean, there, there are small, subtle differences between the different uh, platforms. Uh, some folks have noted or asked questions about um, ads. So, so there are ads on the mobile devices, but not on Steam. And Those
6: are optional ads, meaning optional if you ads. if you choose to, you can watch an ad to do yeah. some extra activities or get some extra. Right. Yeah, the, the, yeah. The
3: funny thing is, usually the usually the request is, I, "How can I get ads yes. onto the PC yep. Yep. because yep. I want my extra bonuses yeah. for ads?" And and it's great. And and my my response to that is, well, you know, that's that's when you get out your your phone, play on your
6: phone a little bit, so you can get the ad boost, there, and switch li- back to your PC so you can get the big full screen experience. Yeah. There's some technical reasons as to why that's not really possible uh, mm-hmm. at this time. Yeah, right. just uh,
3: just uh, add tech. I guess another big one is on Facebook, and I totally recommend anyone on Facebook to link their account to Facebook because uh, it will uh, find your friends who are also playing Star Trek timelines and add you to their friends list yeah, in timelines. Yeah.
2: yeah, which may be the way that I join up with you guys. There you go. Well, yeah. We, yeah, we have, we have even right. more that fleet improvements
6: coming, so like mm-hmm. you'll be able to find your friends a lot easier. You'll be able to find fleets better, and you'll be able to manage your fleets a lot better coming in the next build.
7: Cool. Yeah. I just wanted to say that um, I'm a fan of the new uh, Cadet Challenge to have higher level women characters, yep. so that mm-hmm. there's more reason to keep them around, because there's yep. some pretty cool... I'm a big fan of my Rifle Janeway. Yep. You, can um, thank, you can thank
6: me for that. I built almost all of them.
7: Nice. You were saying <laughs> the um, ones before we started that um, you know that's a challenge, given the ratio of women in the show. So how do you sort of approach picking what characters to add? It's a good
6: question. Uh, so some Some of it it depends on the content that our narrative designers and our design team comes up with. So when you come up with the stories for the events, you think about what are the crew that we already have that match those events, Mm -hmm. and then what are the crew that we could add. Um, It's important for us to have a strong balance because Star Trek isn't just about fighting. In fact, we were just talking to um, the Trek FM guys, and we were talking about what the next generation meant for us, and I said, you know, growing up... I love Star Wars. Star Wars is a space opera where you want to blow up the empire. Right. Star Trek is about treating space as a living, breathing area that you can be part of, and that's one of those things that um, I love is like having the, the, the full diversity of space available there. Yeah. So that's another consideration when we add new crew to the game is, do we have enough TOS crew, TNG crew? Do we have a good balance of you know, high rarity and low rarity, men, women, aliens, etc., unknown, whatever you've got there. And when we added, um, what's the, what's the rock not- monster's name?
2: The horda. The, rock, the horda. The,
6: yeah, the vorda.
2: No, the horda. Horta. The horda. Jesus. Yeah. The horda. Don't get it confused with the vorda. That's not a totally vorda, different thing. That's Jeffrey Combs. Jeffrey yeah. Combs <laughs> is a Vorta,
6: along with Wei Yun and, and people like that. Yeah, the horda. And so it's like. There's no gender there. It's mm-hmm. a weird amorphous monster. Yep. And uh, but it's not a monster. Right. It's mm. a very intelligent. Being. It's a being. Yes. And, um, and I'm I'm really excited personally. Bring more of those intelligent beings that are truly alien. Mm-hmm. You know, Interesting. You
3: know, I, would you Would you qualify, I guess, the Salt Monster as being male or female? I seem to remember in that you know, episode. No, Salt Monster it's, is.
6: It, it's implied in that episode that it's a female. Yeah. But um, I it's hard to tell. Yep. You know. Mm-hmm.
3: You know, uh, just to go back to your original question, I mean, one of the really, I think, freeing and wonderful things about Star Trek Timelines is because we are joining all these different timelines together and mashing everything up together, um, we can do many different versions of the same character. Right. Uh, you mentioned your rifle Janeway. Uh, I'm actually working really hard on getting my arachnia Ooh. up to max level.
2: Right. Yep.
6: yep. Yeah, yep. yeah it's, it, that's a great thing for us, too, is, like, we can bring different versions, iconic versions. I think one of the one, crew that we have coming up soon is... Um, Tuxedo Janeway from Killing <gasps> yeah. so, Yes. And I actually saw a woman cosplaying as her here nice. today and I was like nice. that's a nice... Pretty not not of super obscure, but mm-hmm. pretty obscure cosplay yeah. from yeah. Voyager. That's I'll also good.
7: just put in a little plug for a number one from the cage yep. next time I you're looking I, at I, adding I, characters. We had a couple
6: requests for that. We yep. had one on the uh, you know on the panel yesterday, so yeah, I think we can ah, do fabulous.
2: That. And I and I assume that you'll be able to do that treatment with the new characters that are coming in with Discovery as well.
6: Yeah, I assume so.
2: Yeah. Yep. When, yeah. when we get to that point, super I exciting. So.
6: I certainly hope so. <laughs> That's <laughs> the plan. That's yeah. the plan. Yeah.
2: Now, could you give us a little update? We were just talking about fleets. Um, the last time we spoke uh, with someone from Timelines, uh, y- you had fleets but there wasn't an awful lot that you could do within them so uh, can you give us an update on what's going on with fleets and what we can see in the near future yeah, yeah sure. let me
3: jump in actually because it's it's uh coming in uh very soon actually in a couple of weeks we're going to see client version 2.2 which is going to introduce starbases
2: <gasps> so interesting okay. yeah so every
3: fleet has a starbase that they can construct and you can upgrade different rooms so you can decide that you need a really fancy engineering room or a I'm, I've lost, what other rooms do we have, Alex? Transporter room, Transporter engineering room, room yeah. bridge
6: room, conference room, these okay. are all rooms that give you benefits in the game. So increase your base security, or base science, increase right. your proficiency, yep. increase your chronoton cap, increase a mm-hmm. whole number of other things and you go ahead and deliver items to upgrade those those um, those rooms in addition to the fleet activities that give you the honor that we added in there, in addition to now, like, additional stats for being in your fleet, easier mm-hmm. to find members for your fleet, easier yep. to join a fleet that matches your own desires. There's yep. a lot of fleet work that's yep. going yep. in. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah, we're trying to make it easier to join the fleets, as, as Alex said there. And, yeah. and, and I think the, the really cool thing about Starbase is it's the first, I think, real activity we have that you do cooperatively with your fleet right. where you're coordinating directly with them and well, we're yeah, just layering fleet activities it in. allowed you to coordinate fleet activities. It, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. Yeah.
6: But yeah, so that's it's. We're pretty excited about it. Community and building, like building bridges and bringing our players together, is something that's exceptionally important to me because I have watched in all the games I've worked on, watch people meet each other, get married through your games, like yep. find lasting friendships. I have friendships that are still people who are still my friends that I met, you know, 12 years ago, 14 years ago, playing online games yep. uh, back then. It's super important to me to see that happening in our games and mm-hmm. see that happening with our community. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it's really important.
2: Yeah, fantastic. So uh, the other thing that's happened since uh, since the last time we talked to someone from your team, uh, we had just finished the Borg event, and, and then we've actually had a new mega event since then. So yep. tell us about that and, and just generally how these mega events are going for you guys.
3: Sure. Uh, yeah, the most recent one was Klingon Month. So July was Klingon Month. Yep. And uh, yeah, it, I think um, I think maybe this came up out of, out of fan requests. Um, is
6: that right, Alex? Well, the, the mega events came from fan requests. Right. Right. So we had, we had players asking us, they said, you know, your events are pretty disjointed. You know, one day you're helping the Terran Empire, the next day you're, you're fighting back like a Romulan plague virus. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of weird because it seems like, it, it's a lot like the early Star Trek pre-DS9, for instance, where it's like, you know the the monster of the month, and yep. it's just whatever crisis is currently facing it yep. resolved at the end. Boop, boop, we're off.
2: Yeah, and forget all about it. Forget all about <laughs> it. Yeah, next
6: episode, like yeah. you know, the we just we had protomorphosis wharf. Uh, Recently, as Particling on Month, that's Uh an episode where the whole crew devolved, and then Mm -hmm. it was like, episode done. Boy, isn't it glad that that's over with? Let's never speak of it again. No one
2: ever needs therapy for the fact that they devolved into a fish. Yeah, and like,
6: I'm I'm certain several. I remember at least one no name cast member died on that episode, and it's like, oh well, whatever. I can speak. But uh, fans said, why can't we have tied together events? Mm -hmm. So we decided, yeah, why can't we? And we all looked at Jessica, our narrative designer, we're like
3: could we?
6: <laughs> She's like, oh, God, Thanks. yeah, sure, we can do that. You know, yeah. And
3: uh, one of my favorite things to come out of that is how the tied-together events then all focus on the same fruit over time. So you, I think the players have more of an idea of what's coming up and what... How to focus their efforts to, to really uh, be really good and and yep. compete in the in the events as they go on, and to collect uh, the unique crew. Yeah,
6: and to mm-hmm. collect the to collect the legendary crew yeah. too, which I think is really really good. People yeah. have like they've yeah. a lot of our players have said, you know what I love the most, of course, is that I get free a four to five legendary crew by just participating for an hour mm-hmm. or so in each event. And um, I think that's really important, and really, we're pretty happy to do that. They've been received very, very well, so you can count on us continuing to do them in the future. Good.
7: Excellent. Cool. Yeah, I think it helps also with the social aspect, because you have something to talk about on an ongoing basis with your exactly. fleet members, and yeah. you don't have to necessarily all be logged in every day because there's an ongoing event yeah, yeah. that you can chat about in the characters. What questions do
6: you guys have about the game that we can answer? Any secrets you want us to divulge, maybe we can dig into? I won't divulge any secrets, <laughs> Paul. Don't
7: worry. I want to troll you right now, but I'm not go going. For it, go for it. Go for it. I well, don't mind. I have maybe a dumb question, but like, mind. how do you uh, figure out how does how is it decided? Like, who gets quotes when you to speak quotes when you pick them, and who doesn't, and how, which quotes really go with question. them?
6: Yeah. So this is a, this is interesting. We have a uh, the the character production process usually starts with an idea, but it, it, before that comes with the events and characters and, and the holes that we have in our roster. Then we make what's called a character art brief. And the character art brief is um, what character and what references could we have for that character? And a lot of times, I think you were talking about yesterday that a lot of times you only see a character from the waist up, Mm -hmm. so we have no idea what's going down. So it's not uncommon for us to be doing poses in the office and taking photos for references.
3: (laughs) Um, I
2: would love to see that. It's it's a pretty amusing sight. It's a
3: pretty amusing to see the the designers trying to like make weird poses and taking each other's pictures. Uh,
6: uh, Rachel, (laughs) one of our producers, she. she was posing for uh, one of the cl- for, uh, Blood Oath Jadzia mm-hmm. and uh, trying to get the right Bat'leth position mm-hmm. for her fighting. And uh, and so she's got this fierce look on her face. She's holding a Bat'leth fighting, and everyone's nice. like, you're blocking the kitchen. I need to get coffee. <laughs> she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. It's just really funny. Um, So part of the character art brief comes down to like, well, if they're from specific episodes, do we have audio from that episode? Can we request audio from that episode? Can we then integrate that audio into the game? Um, And then one of the pet projects that I had uh, that's still been going on slowly over time was getting like one sentence of flavor text for your crew. So you'll see some crew now have an info text or flavor text attached to them where it tells a little bit about the history of that crew because yep. I can't keep track of all the crew that come in the game. Um, yep. So I like having one or two sentences I would, there.
3: I would love to include more audio and more crew with, with custom audio into the game. It's, uh, it can be a little difficult to do sometimes, though, because um, yeah. uh, you know, as a mobile game first, uh, the fact is that a lot of our players simply play with the audio off or they're listening to a podcast yeah. or mm-hmm. to uh, music or something else and they just don't want to be bothered with the audio
6: although with facebook and steam a lot more people play with audio on those devices so mm-hmm. audio yeah. has become more important to us as, yeah. as we launch on those devices on i take on it platforms.
7: seriously when my mobile says best with headphones on yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: that's yeah. great and honestly the the the, the sound in it I do actually turn my sound on mm-hmm. I almost right, right, right. never turn my sound on right. on either my phone or my iPad mm-hmm. uh, and I do for 10 well, years I agree. Yeah, yeah it's That's 100% awesome. worth it just just, just for all the voices like yeah. you were saying
6: yeah what else what else have you, any, any urgent questions things that you've, ever, you've only ever wanted to ask us that we can that we can help answer.
2: Well, mine's actually a technical question. Go which for we did. it. We, we actually touched on before oh, yeah, when, were, guess, when we were you talking. You have the lead here.
6: engineer here. Yeah. So, yeah, um,
2: so I actually play on an ultra wide monitor, uh, which is great for your like immersion in sort of a spacey game, um, and I I can't get it to work properly in timelines, and it sometimes blocks my progression. So can you talk about uh, support for ultra wide monitors?
3: Yeah, it's, it's it's a tough one. Um, so you know there's a lot of different aspect ratios, and it's very difficult, I think, to get uh, UI layouts to work properly mm-hmm, in all different kinds mm-hmm, of crazy mm-hmm. aspect ratios. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, we don't have a solution to this yet, apart from a recommendation of playing in windowed mode so that it doesn't get completely stretched out into the ultra-wide aspect yeah, the ratio. Most, the
6: most challenging aspect of ultra-wides tends to be the UI placement. Yep. So how do you right. make sure that buttons don't stretch and look weird? and um, What's funny about 4K ultra wide is that a lot of us, when we build the art and the textures, if it's not vectorized, meaning it can't scale with the with the yeah. thing, it starts looking weird and blurry, yeah. some of the images. So you have to keep that in consideration when we when we look at resolution. Uh, but it's a great question, and as 4K becomes more prevalent, I think you'll see, you'll probably see us revisiting it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and actually that leads into another question. So um, up until we you released on Steam, you were only on sort of mobile devices, uh, much smaller screens, et cetera. Did you have to go back and retroactively fix the, the art to make it uh, viable to go onto a platform like Steam.
3: Well, the, the interesting thing is that uh, there is a ridiculous number of Android devices out there with all kinds of crazy resolutions and aspect ratios. So we already kind of had a lot of the support mm-hmm. required for it just by, by supporting all those different uh, Android devices and I mean, Alex can speak to this I think you're the one who has to go through and like trim the list for I ate, I ate weird... a lot
6: of pain trying uh, to make sure that Star Trek Timelines runs on all the Android devices oh out there and I blacklist the ones Fragmentation that you are. Fragmentation yeah, is rough. Rough. Killer. Alex you <laughs> were telling me about a robot that you can play the game on Yeah so I found that there's this Japanese robot that has like 720p resolution and okay. it, it shoots like your Android Platform out of its forehead—it's really cool—and oh, uh, and the question became like, should we support a device like that? And we said, ah, yeah, as long as it's an Android platform, yeah, and it, and it has high enough resolution, sure, why not? Like, let's give it a <laughs> shot. Yeah. Um, the, well, one of the things we learned from Game of Thrones: Ascent. Well, so I should say last year, as part of our holiday uh, gift. I went ahead and worked with um, Jessica, our lead writer, uh, one of our other employees and a a designer we we contracted with Mm -hmm. to make the art books for Game of Thrones Ascent and Star Trek Timelines. Oh, okay. Uh, We've given them out a few times at fan conventions and things like that. Game of Thrones Ascent, it wasn't uncommon for even our key art to come in at very low resolution. 600 by 600 or 800 by Mm -hmm. 800 resolution. Yeah. Which is fine for a Facebook game. Which is fine for a Facebook game, but Mm -hmm. not fine for when you make a really high Mm -hmm. resolution game. So from the very beginning on Star Trek Timelines to avoid that, we made our artists work in ridiculously high resolution. So oh, okay, that, so you were actually
2: scaling down before. Correct. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I
6: think our lar- I think most of our character art comes in at two thousand by four thousand pixels. Okay. So it's pretty large. Yeah. Um, that meant it was very easy to make the art book, but it's also easy for us to get that art in at high resolution.
2: Oh, yeah. brilliant! Cool.
6: Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, we're really excited. I, I want to ask you guys, like, what's your favorite thing you've seen so far at the convention?
2: That is hard. Do you know, these conventions, this is my second one, and it becomes a blur. We were actually yeah. just talking <laughs> about that I'm not entirely sure what day it is Yep. Um, yet. Uh, my favorite thing for me is actually, I mean, I've seen a lot of the panels and a lot of the topics before. Um, uh, the, my favorite thing for me is is looking at everyone's costumes, is seeing yeah. the people that come, yeah. and um, you know just walking the halls and seeing what people are doing. Absolutely, um, I always yeah. like I like the triple photo op. Yep, yep, that's that that's one of good. my mm-hmm. favorites.
7: Yeah. yeah, I agree. I, I'm always looking for what is maybe some new programming. Um, they had a stunt woman panel that was really cool oh, that really they cool. haven't I had here before. Um, so it was like huh. really just neat to hear a totally different side yeah. of the production yeah. of Star Trek.
6: I was really excited to see the Discovery props, but not so much for their art and design, which I'd seen before. But I got a chance to really dig in close and look at things like the stitching and the fact that the side panels and fabric have the actual
2: construction, the actual Mm -hmm. construction,
6: which, which implies like you could see a lot from hero props, Mm -hmm. how much time, effort and, and intensity went into making those props. And it it speaks very well, I think for the production values of the new series to say, like, even looking close up, they don't, they they look fantastic.
7: Yeah. 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 A hundred percent. So
6: I, I, I super jealous someday, one day, someone's going to buy those props at auction And I'm just going to cry because it's going <laughs> to go in their <laughs> house and I'm not going to own it. Last, last time I was here, they were selling some of the original matte art for the motion picture. Yeah. And I have a huge art collection at home um, for video game and movie art and stuff like that. And it was like $500 initial bid. I said, you know, my wife won't kill me if I buy this at $500. She'll be really upset, but she won't kill me. Right. And then it instantly went to $3,000. Oh, so and I was like, nope, okay. nope, nope. That's that <laughs> so I'm like, I'm <laughs> out, I'm out.
2: Yeah. <laughs> And, and what do you, about you guys what's your favorite so far? what, your, um, what do you, what
6: have you seen? this is your first star trek this, las vegas this convention, is Paul. this is
3: my fir- not only my first Star Trek Las Vegas convention but my first time coming to Las Vegas yes uh, oh, wow. so it's uh yeah it's a bit of an overload for me a little yep. sensory overload yep, going yep. on you know I've really liked you know just roaming around and seeing how how many different actors and 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 folks are here and very accessible like I very yeah. easily walk up to pretty much any of them and just chat it's, mm-hmm. it's very cool Yeah, uh,
6: mm-hmm. I agree yeah for me it's always the fans it's it's yeah. not just our players but everyone else here who's united through the love of a property and everything yeah. and it's great seeing that because um, we were talking at dinner the other night about how you know we grew up at a time when when being interested in Star Trek and watching Star Trek was not It was not accepted. It was not something that you were uh, Admired for doing and one of the things I love about the 2000s and 2010s is that it's totally okay to be into that stuff And I love that so many people from different walks of life come to the Star Trek convention And are united through their love for this thing and their love for the project and the love for the series and just feels great It's always energizing. Yeah, Yeah. you
3: know It's it's interesting that the the sort of changing technology has changed how I take in even the older Trek I, I remember you know, uh, Next Generation being on when I was in high school, and I caught random episodes, but I certainly didn't watch them in order. (laughs) And now with streaming, and man. now
2: now you can binge, all of them, literally all of them. And, do. Of and, them. We, <laughs> have. Yes. and we do. Yeah. yeah, oh, I bet you do. But then it, <laughs> it counts as almost part of work now, doesn't well, it? Well, a lot
6: of us were. A lot of us would set up our iPads next to work, next to yeah. our computers, yeah. and just stream just, and have it running yeah. next to us while we were working. In fact, our executive producer made it his mission during the development of Star Trek timelines to watch every single episode. Wow. And uh, he did it. It took him about a year, yeah. but he did yeah. it. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Excellent. Any last questions you guys have for us?
2: Uh, no. Uh, well, uh, the only other thing that I wanted to uh, to get you guys to let us know is y- you mentioned that the mega event was was something that was sort of suggested to you by fans. Uh, how can people get in touch with you? How can people learn more about timelines and where's a good place for them to go if they have feedback or questions? Let,
3: let me let me start with just on the on the technical side. Like if you're experiencing any kind of problem, mm-hmm. I really recommend that you go in through the game and hit the support button in-game and, and, and send us a message that way. Okay. Um, just because that gives us a little extra information about what kind of platform you're on and uh, maybe that gives us some clues as to what kind of technical problem you're having? Yeah,
6: and I sit right next to the support team and they make sure that you, uh, they make sure that you're taken care of. Yep. That said, I, I, I've always let my public email address be known. It's just Alex at mm-hmm. um, that allows you to go ahead and get in touch with me anytime you want. Uh, and you can also just reach out to us through the forums. You can reach out to us through Facebook or social media. Um, you know, we, we care. We care when you leave a review. We care when you post on our forums. We care yeah. when you email us. And any of those methods we will make a strong effort to get in touch with you. And if even if we don't comment back, we're at least reading what you're saying. And, of course, mm-hmm. coming to events like this gives us a chance to be face-to-face with all of our fans and players and get to hear it from them. Uh, and everyone's super nice. When you're face-to-face, yep. like it's hard to hate. So yeah, even yeah, when is. you're not happy with it changes is. made to the game, people mm-hmm. are like, overall, I'm pretty happy. And yeah. you're like, that's good. Yep. That's nice. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Good. Excellent. Well, good Paul, talk. Alex uh, from Star Trek timelines. thank you so much for joining us thank today. Thank you so much for having us. Uh, yeah. appreciate yeah, hope you enjoy the rest of your con. Anytime. Thanks. Thank you so Thanks. much. Well, greetings, Captains, and once again, we are uh, coming to you live from the floor at STLV uh, 2017. And we have with us today uh, Ralph Adam from Spire Games. Now, uh, you guys do Pocket Starships. Yes, correct. And we've had a really big announcement for you uh, at the convention here. Before we get to that, can you just give us a little bit of background? uh, What exactly is Pocket Starships, and uh, and where can people play it?
8: Yeah, yeah. So um, Pocket Starship, it's already out for. um, We are in a third year now, Mm -hmm. and it's a cross-platform game, so you can go to the App Store on iPhone or to the Android Store. So it's on on mobile, even in the Kindle uh, store. But you can also play it in the browser. You just go to www.pocketstarships.com and you can play it there live in the browser. And the good thing is. Uh, like I said, it's cross-platform, so if you're playing it on a, on an iPhone, let's say, and I on right. an Android, we could still play together, and. Okay. Um, Like I said, the game is out for a while now. We have a huge fan base. Um, But from the start, if you look at the game, um, there were a lot of inspirations we took from Star Trek right from the beginning because we're all big Star Trek fans. You you can't avoid it, can you, if you're talking about Starships? Just the variety of the spaceships and everything. And so um, I think it was late last year, early this year, we approached TBS and said, look at our game. We're big Star Trek fans. Is there any kind of like a chance for collaboration? And they were kind of intrigued as well and liked it. And so now we're working on a huge update that will come out in fall this year, yep. uh, which will bring the Star Trek universe to Pocket Starship. So we will have the expansion that will be called Pocket Starship Borg Invasion.
2: Oh, nice! Very nice. So,
8: when you first created Pocket Starships, tell us a
2: little bit
1: about the game. You know, what is the gameplay like? Because yes. I, I, yep. I have I've tried it. I've loaded it up on my phone. It seems that there are
8: two fa- factions, yep. but they're not Federation, and it's not Klingon. Yep. Exactly. So um, the game itself is very um, action-paced, fast, intense. Let's say it's a space shooting game where you control your starship from a top-down perspective. So you look at your starship. So you start with a small starship Mm -hmm. um, and fly around, and you can battle other starships and then gather resources and upgrade your ship. And later you can even get more ships, different ships, um, and you can have, in the end, a a full garage full of pocket starships. Mm -hmm. And like you said, um, there are two factions in the game. So in the beginning you choose one faction and it's the faction that battle each other and you can in the game forge alliances with your friends and then you can play with your friends to battle either other friends or Mm -hmm. other members from other alliances and um, so that's the game itself and now with the uh, Borg Invasion expansion, the story premise is that the Folians opened a rift, but this time it's not a rift to the Mirror Universe like they did in the past before right. already, but this time actually it's a rift to another universe, which is our Pocket Starship Universe. Yeah. Uh, and so the Borg yes. um, realized that and they see, okay, there are two new races out there, new technology and they agreed for power and new technologies, they start conquering the Pocket Starship Universe. And okay. so Federation sees then like, okay, we need to help these guys and also come to our Pocket Starship universe. And so now the idea is that uh, no matter which faction you are, so we have to, uh, uh, it's two player colors actually, so it's uh, mm-hmm. the red and the green um, the player color, no matter which faction you are in the game you can now get all the Star Trek vessels and then either even with these vessels still fight the other faction or together fight the Borgs. So the Borgs are now starting to conquer our sectors in the game, so we have a huge star map with right. sectors you can enter and now you can choose whether you still fight the other alliance or whether you fight together or alone with your own alliance against the Borgs.
2: Okay. So uh, just to clarify, is this, this expansion, is it going to be a skin on an existing game or is it? Uh, an addition to an existing game it's, so it's he,
8: an addition it's definitely it's not a stand it's not a standalone right so it's not like a pocket starship um, um invasion has nothing to do with the original pocket starship but it's an addition you can get all the star trek vessels uh, we're also updating the gameplay itself because right now you can only equip your ship with better weapons which we can still do we now also introducing typical star trek weapons like photon torpedoes and stuff right, like that right. but we have something also brand new we which is crew. You can now also man your ship with crew members and they give you additional bonuses depending okay. on where you put them in which ship slot. And these crew members will be also, um, um, uh, like Captain Picasso um, um, pilots or uh, crew members from the Star Trek universe. So we have more than 50 characters of the Star Trek universe that okay. you can now get in the game, collect them and put them into your ships. Okay. And uh, from the timeline, uh, by the way, we are um, shortly after the battle, um, of Wolf, so we are um, DS9, but we also have Voyager and Next Generation, these three. Um, series as I implemented in the game.
2: Okay. And if somebody's already playing Pocket Starships, they can still use the ships that they already have. They just collect in addition to. Exactly. They
8: can still use the old ships and it's a nice and intriguing mixture. So, for example, they can still use their old Pocket Starship ships but still man them with Picard, for example, let's say, or Uh get new Star Trek weapons to the old Pocket Starship ships and vice versa. Mm -hmm. If you're flying a Galaxy class, you can still use some of our original Pocket Starship weapons, for example, and put them on the Galaxy Class and see okay. how they work together.
2: Ah, huh, very interesting.
8: Yep. So you could imagine, it's, it's a bit like uh, if you played um, when you were a kid and, and you know in a sandbox with Lego yeah. and now there's a Lego Star Trek and you still have your old Lego obviously right. but yes, you put the new Lego Star Trek together. into it and combine it and mix yeah. it.
2: Um, now, <laughs> you, you mentioned several different platforms that yeah. the game is on. Are are you able to take one account from platform to platform yes. and switch yes. from you could be playing iOS one day and then play in the browser yep. the next day?
8: Yeah, that, that's possible. You just log in, for example, either with an email address, which will be your account, or just Facebook. If you have a Facebook account, mm-hmm. you sign in once with Facebook, and then um, the program or- automatically recognizes whether you're playing from the browser. And the next day okay. on the Android, it's always your progress that you're taking with you. Is it on Steam? Uh, no, it's not on Steam. So it's uh, just on the browser and Facebook Game Room and then on the, on the mobile. Yeah. Nice, wow. um, we may, I mean, the, the most frequently asked questions here at the show are will there be a console version? <laughs> Which right now we're not sure. Steam, more potentially. And the other, for us, interesting thing is whether there is an, an Apple um, TV. Apple TV version, oh, yes, yeah. so that seems to be big here in the United States because in Europe, Apple TV is not that it's not big, as big no. Yeah, but uh, we may do that as well. The most unlikely thing, although not maybe unlikely, but further out in the future might be a console version, but Steam and, and Apple TV is more realistic in, a, in the short term, kind of like, yeah. So I don't need to start playing now to enjoy
1: to, to, to partake in
8: the yep. Borg invasion right I can, in, I can jump all. in once the you, you Borg invasion can um, start playing once to get, uh, the, the update is out however if you start playing now already you have a kind of like a head start because then the uh, the, four, uh, the further progress you are in the yes. game of Pocket Starship the better Star Trek wrestles you can get from the beginning oh, nice, because otherwise nice. you start with a very small let's say a roundabout or a, I don't know a, a Bajoran Interceptor very small ship mm-hmm. uh, yeah. because you're not qualified Your level is not high enough to get the big, I don't know, Galaxy class, Excelsior class or whatever. Right, right, right. Now, how much of uh,
1: Star Trek fans are you and your team?
8: Yes, uh, we, we are all um, big Star Trek fans. I mean, Germany is, and I heard that a lot as well here, that Germany is outside of the US, kind of like the biggest Star Trek community. I yep. mean, we have the FedCon, um, yep. also the art outsourcing studio we're using for all the ships you see inside. They're working also directly for CBS. So they did, uh, for example, all the CGI additional material for the uh, Blu-ray version of Next Generation. So they also, everyone yep. is, is really a Star Trek fan. And yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a bit older, I'm in my, my late 40s, um, one of the first TV series for me was original series when in the mm-hmm. 70s when yep. I grew up. Yep. So we had Smoking Guns, uh, Lessee and uh, uh, Ram- uh, it's called Raumschiff Enterprise in Germany, so yeah. it was the original Star <laughs> Trek. Wow. <Yes>. Brilliant. Brilliant.
2: <laughs> now, um, I actually sat in on a panel over on the CBS All Access stage earlier and you talked a little bit about the art. Yep. Of uh, of pocket starships, um, can you just give us a rundown of, of the kind of the visual style and when yes. and where you get inspiration for the art
8: in there? Yep. So um, the visual style will fit um, the current uh, pocket starship universe. So if you play it, you will see that the ships they are also they are free re- 3D rendered they don't have this 100% realistic look but a slightly painted look like hand painted look mm-hmm. and this is even mm-hmm. more for the characters so we're not using any kind of photos of the actors but yeah. we're also not l- u- um, using these kind of like typical 3D renders right. but they're really all hand painted which gives okay. it a very nice unique kind of, of feeling yeah. and it's also kind of like timeless so it, it's not aging this, this kind of look we're using yeah. here and
2: uh, do you do that uh, in house? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. Uh, yeah the, the, this art is made in house and the start the, uh, the, the Star Trek vessels, so all the spaceships are made this outsourcing studio because of the great relation they're already having with CBS. Mm-hmm. And we knew we get all the approvals because, I mean, they're already approved by CBS, yes, the, the ships exactly. we're having, because they're all the official ships. Yeah. Now, will Discovery ships make it into uh uh, Right now, we don't have Discovery. Um, so we just have DS9, uh, Voyager, and um, Next Generation, like I said, for future updates. So that's, I mean, our game is it's totally different than, uh, for example, um, Star Trek Online with regards to its really action-based, p- um, top-down yeah. yeah. um, game you play. I mean, in your pocket—that's that's where the yeah. name comes from. Um, however, we're also an online game, which means there will be constant updates going yep. on all the time. So nice. once the game or the expansion is out, does not mean that's the end, but that's just the start. We'll, you know, introduce new characters, new crew cards over the time, and also new vessels, and potentially new kind of like series. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you plan to do any getting any voice actors to come in and kind of in in? Introduce the new story.
8: Potentially, the problem is always there with with the the um, space it's taking uh, with regards to the size, um, the app size. Mm. Right. So we always have this kind. Right now we all have eh, already having. Those were the biggest technical hurdles we had to overcome with regards to the creation of the game. Uh, when you're doing an app, um, you have a certain you know space limitation, and yeah. voice is always that's a problem. It adds another layer of you know. Content size. Right. Nevertheless, we talked about it. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Great, yeah.
2: Great. Uh, so, when can we expect to see the expansion hitting our yeah. mobile
8: devices, yeah. et cetera? Right now, our official release date is fall, which is kind of a bit broad. Mm-hmm. So, hopefully, we're targeting for end of October. But game development is always a bit tricky. It's not a one hundred percent precise yeah. yes. <laughs> science. So, it might get November-ish.
2: But yeah. it's the yeah. fall, fall, yeah, fall time yeah. time. Yeah time frame. So, uh, just final question then, where can, where's the best place if somebody is interested in downloading uh, Pocket Starships or finding out more about the game, where's the best place for people to go?
8: Yeah. So, the best place would be uh, our website uh, um, Mm -hmm. uh, www.pocketstarship.com but you can also if you want to play on the phone, just go to the App Store, if you have an iPhone or to the Google Store and just enter Pocket Starships, look for it and then it appears and Um, Do you see it as well? And obviously if you're already playing the game, there will be further announcements in the game like, okay, Borg Invasion is coming soon, and maybe there may even add a countdown when we get into the final months or something like that.
1: Excellent, excellent. Well, thank you so very much for joining us and for sharing all this information about Pocket Starships. I think I've already downloaded the app and started playing around with it. I think it's really fun. (laughs) Um, So hopefully I'll be a little more prepared for when the Borg actually hit. But uh, thank you so very much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me here. It's been a pleasure and privilege. Thank you. We hope to have you back on. Well, that wraps up episode 330 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. We hope you've enjoyed our coverage of STLV 2017 and are as excited as we are for the coming year in Star Trek. For more great podcasts like Mission Log and Women at Warp, go to podcasts.roddenberry.com.
2: Captains, you know we love hearing from you. Leave us a comment on our website at PriorityOnePodcast.com, on our Facebook page at Facebook.com forward slash podcast, or tweet us via at pod.
1: Don't miss a single bit of news from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Monday by pointing your favorite podcast app to feeds.PriorityOnePodcast.com. And if that wasn't enough... You can join us in Star Trek Online in the Priority One Armada. If you're interested, just head over to Armada.com and sign up today.
2: This episode of Priority One Podcast is brought to you by our patrons through Patreon.com. Find out more and add your support at Patreon.com forward slash Priority One. Even if you can't make a financial contribution, please help spread the word about the show and invite your fellow Trekkies. It's your support that keeps us going.
1: We also want to give an extra special thank you to Eagle Moss for supporting us at STLV this year. It was with their help that we were able to bring you all this fantastic convention-exclusive coverage. So please, go and check out their stuff at shop.eaglemoss.com. That's shop.eaglemoss.com. And once again, we do thank Eagle Moss for all their support. And I got to add this little side note. We had their ships displayed on our table this year, and they are phenomenal. These ships are made of diecast metal and, and combination plastic, and they have some serious weight to them. The detail is gorgeous. We were displaying these ships proudly on our table, and we are grateful for the partnership that we had with them this year at STLV.
2: Don't forget to tune in to Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Covering the world of space sims, including Star Citizen, Elite Dangerous, Descent Underground, and many more. If you like this show, then listening to Guard Frequency is the logical choice.
1: Captains, we had a very small team at Star Trek Las Vegas this year, but that doesn't mean that the crew at home didn't help us each and every day of the convention. We missed them greatly. And we hope to one day again celebrate Star Trek together.
2: Thanks to our audio team led by Michael McDonald, with assistance from Brandon Parker and Jake Morgan, with support from Midnight Shadow 7 of Sweet Media. Speaking of Jake Morgan, a big thanks to him for spearheading all of our social media endeavors and skits. Thanks to our graphic artist and web designer Henry Pomper, who joined us out of pocket at STLV and supported us when we needed it most. Not to mention the beautiful banner he created just for us.
1: Thanks to the composer of our theme music, Chris Watts. Thanks to our syndication partners, Subspace Radio and Trek Radio. Thanks to Patreon associate producer, Navy Boats Lou. Most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners, Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
2: Enemy ship on sensors.
1: Red alert. Shields up.
3: Ready
0: weapons. Engage. Engage.